everybody, welcome to Remix, a new episode of Remix, and it's a very special episode of Remix. But before we get to that, um, I am your host, Jack Gillespie, and I have a wonderful guest with me. Would they like to introduce themselves? Hello, I'm Kellen Harrison. I'm associate editor of podcasts, and I'm also a part of photojournalism, news, and graphics. Wonderful. <laughs> you got, you were doing so much under this roof. Appreciate you for that. Oh, thank you. But for right now, um, so yeah, today's a very special episode of Remix. We're actually recording on a completely different day because the Grammys happened this past weekend. Um, but before we get into that, um, we usually start this off by talking about what we've been listening to recently. And for me personally, I've been listening to a lot of Tyler, the creator, his later stuff. I really loved Igor. So, um, Especially with the news of Tyler at the Grammys, I sort of got back into listening to that one, and it is just as amazing as I remembered. And I was also listening to his 2017 album, Flower Boy, which I think I like it a bit more Like on this most recent listen I had before. I still always really enjoyed that album, but I think I've just enjoyed more and more of the tracks recently. And other than also that, um, I've been listening to um, Volnikira, the 2015 album by Bjork. She's one of my favorite artists ever, and I just like got back into it just like for no big reason. I just, it's a really good album. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what have you been listening to recently? So recently, uh, actually ever since the Grammys, I have picked up on Billie Eilish again. Um, I've been listening to her um, most recent album and then also some of her old stuff like um, songs Bellyache or um, Ocean Eyes, like her first song. And then I've also um, listened to Juice World for a while now, especially ever since he passed. I have listened to him like periodically, but I really wanted to get into some of his especially older music. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm listening to. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, dope. I actually have been listening to a little bit of Billie Eilish too, especially since the Grammys, and I am still a stout Billie Eilish defender. There's a lot of people coming at her, <laughs> and I'll, I'll be by her side. But um, I haven't listened to too much Juice World, which is like sort of a regret, especially since his passing. But I have listened the songs I have listened to in passing. I've really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I definitely do want to get into more of his work. The, with the stuff you listen to, what would be something that you'd recommend from Juice World? Oh, see, I'm really into like his um, not really popular music, like you know, like like Lucy James, um, um, All Girls Are the Same, that kind of stuff. Um, but I actually really like the song Fast, which is about him, like his career, where it's like going like really fast, and he's like growing up, and he doesn't really quite know how to handle it, and he's just kind of recognizing that this has all happened, you know, so fast. And I feel like that's something we can relate to because being in college and are basically like our own careers growing so fast, it's something that I feel like we can definitely, like I said, relate to and kind of experience with him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And especially in the modern day, we're literally like the internet. I feel like it's accelerated so much of what mm -hmm. we do and just like technology is just like accelerated everything we do. Everything's faster and faster and faster. But yeah, I definitely need to give that track a listen. And just based off of like the concept of it, it definitely seems like it takes on a whole new sort of mood, especially with his passing. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so we're going to start getting into our sort of Grammy commentary, but before we can get to the actual show, there is an elephant in the room when it comes to Grammy discussion. Uh, so last episode, we did sort of discuss this topic, the fact that um, the the firing of Debris... Oh, my God. <laughs> Deborah Dugan, um, the former president slash CEO of the Recording Academy, she was uh, um, released just like a week or... So before the Grammys and when we first reported on that um, news story, there hadn't been too much info released update. A lot has been released now since then. Um, Dugan had um, since then she has put out like a bunch of statements talking about her experience as the president slash CEO. She she went all out. She spilled all of the dirt on the Academy and just like the people within it and some of the things that she had accused the academy of includes saying the awards are rigged by board members um there's a quote in a time article about the controversy where she says there are incidents of conflict of interest that taint the results also she has claimed there is gender imbalance um, she was being silenced and just like being held down in her position and a case of a lawyer and the grammy representative um 
at a moment before she was actually hired, he um, was very sexually advancing on her, including trying to kiss her, which um, that doesn't sound very nice. (laughs) Um, And one of the biggest ones was definitely um, the former um, CEO, Neil Portnow. He was accused of rape by an unnamed female recording artist, and she... um, it came to her attention on just after she was brought into the new position. So she had all of this dirt, all of this news, all these reports from her about the Recording Academy and the Academy and people who are also entangled in this, like Portnow, um, the lawyer, um, I believe, what was his last name, I remember his cats, and then um, he, Portnow's former assistant, Claudine Little. They all, like vehemently denied all of her accusations and claimed that Dugan created a toxic and intolerable work environment and engaged in abusive and bullying conduct. So there was a lot of muddling, a lot of attacks from both sides. Um, It's a very messy situation, but what do you think of what you gathered from the situation? I... It's hard because since there's so much going on both sides, it's hard to, like, pick through what exactly you think is, you know, truthful and valid in a sense on what they're each saying about each other. And I definitely feel like this has carried into the Grammys this year. Like there was just this mood. And yeah, we had um, the death of Kobe Bryant kind kind of playing with this. But I feel like even before um, all that happened, everybody was just kind of like unsure about how to go into this. Everybody was kind of very cautious on the decisions that were being made by the Academy and um, who all is involved in it. Basically, like, they were questioning their credibility. Yeah, and I could definitely see why, because I remember there was a testimony that came out around this time, or I guess this is now this time, um, Mm -hmm. that um, an artist whose single um, was, I think it was for Song of the Year decisions, um, it was 18th out of 20 songs that were being considered into actually getting into the final nominees um, they were able to get into the category nominations because I believe the artist was also in the sittings with the rest of the people deciding it, as well as a representative of that artist on the board. So the fact that an artist like is near the bottom of all like the select few that are deciding for that and then getting onto the nominee list, mm-hmm. that definitely sounds not the most fair and pretty suspicious. So I I personally think that there is a lot of validity to Dugan's um, claims. And I feel like what I've heard from the statements given by people in the Academy, um, the Recording Academy, her their reports of abusive and bullying conduct and toxic and intolerable work environment, I think a big part of that might be that it was... she Dugan made it very obvious that she wanted to make a lot of radical changes with how the Recording Academy started. She formed, like, this committee of people who were very much focused on tackling inclusivity and diversity. So, yeah, she just came in um, when she was hired of August of last... Well, not last year, 2018, I guess now. Mm. New Year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, she came in with guns blazing, and I think not every person that has been there for a while was going to take easily to that. So while there there may have been genuine um, toxicity with her position in there, I do think that some part of it may have just been that she was someone who's trying to bring new radical um, ideas for the whole system. And I think that a lot of people who were there for a while were not taking the kindliest to that. Yeah. And listeners take with... I wouldn't say a grain of salt, but, like, take into consideration that, like, still, even with all this dirt coming out, all this um, information being released, that there is, a lot of this stuff is still, like, speculation, claims, and everything, but this is just from our sort of view on just, like, the sh- whole mess going on. Mm-hmm. It, it's not the easiest topic to cover when there's, like, multiple perspectives um, being put into it in just, like, such a quick succession. Because, like, all this information just got spewed out in just, like, a couple days. Just, like, all of this allegations and reports and just, like, it is not an easy topic to cover. Yeah. And it's also interesting because we have seen trends where um, viewers, like, people watching award shows have decreased. So 
it's going to be interesting to see how this um, controversy affects, like, the the numbers of people who viewed the Grammys this year and um, how they're going to do, um, what they're going to do to possibly change that come next year. Yeah, and I think it did affect, because I believe I did see a report that the viewership of this year's Grammys was, like, a million lower than last year's. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think a lot of factors went into, because, like, I feel like the Grammy viewerships, and, like, a lot of award show viewerships are going down. I think it's a combination of, like, cable TV not being as hot, just, like, people being disillusioned with sort of, like, the whole academies and everything people not seeing them as like the best representatives of the mediums of film of music of tv whatever um and then also with grammys these um this controversy and then also the death of kobe bryant Mm -hmm. which definitely had um cast a shadow over the whole show i feel like this is a good segue to start talking about the actual grammy award show Mm -hmm. so yeah a lot of artists like lizzo alicia keys and a bunch of others they um shouted out or at least they acknowledged the death of kobe bryant um in their performances um i believe during the tribute to nipsey hustle another like prominent la figure they also mentioned kobe bryant within that tribute so I definitely think that it definitely had a huge mark mm-hmm. um, for an event that happened literally the day of the Grammys being recorded. Yeah, and I feel like they handled it pretty well because, of course, they had that tribute at the beginning, the very beginning, where Lizzo was like, we're going to dedicate this to Kobe. And then Alicia Keys came out with Boys to Men and saying that wonderful like acapella tribute. I feel like that was really good. And, um, yeah, I kind of like cast a shadow over the Grammys. But in a way, it's hard to explain because, yes, it was very solemn, but it was also a very exciting night where, like, people were winning awards and stuff. So it, I feel like they handled it very well. They didn't just let it, like, overshadow everything else. And um, with, like, the subtle hints to Kobe, like, Little Nod's ex had his jersey hanging in the, the background. That I was just that. really good. Yeah, it was sitting on a chair behind him, yeah, on one of the sets. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I feel like they did a really good job of, like, um, referencing him and paying tribute to him, but also just didn't overshadow everything else. So it was really good. It was very well balanced, I feel like. Yeah, especially for something that had to have just been, like, a quick, like, inclusion into the program. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, they said that um, Alicia Keys called Boys to Men 10 minutes before the show and they're like okay let's do this (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're lucky that they were there for i believe it was tyler the creator's performance Mm -hmm. so alicia was just like hey tyler can i borrow boys to men for a bit yeah (laughs) yeah it was it was really impressive but yeah uh, speaking of alicia keys so this was her second year in a row hosting the grammys how do you think she did i i actually really liked it i feel like it worked for this grammys because she's just so like she has this calm personality and with like we were talking the events that were happening earlier that day with Kobe Bryant her calm personality it just it didn't feel disrespectful it kind of um it was still respectful in a way where like she was calm and stuff towards the situation but yet it was also like a hopeful presence for the future and for those who like were winning like an exciting hopeful presence for those who were winning that night so. yeah i definitely feel like it's like last year and this year she gives off a very down-to-earth sort of demeanor mm-hmm. with the way she hosts which i think is a huge departure from how it usually is usually for like something like the oscars they'll get like this yuck yuck comedian to yeah. sort of like be like the life of the party like when they do jimmy kimmel mm-hmm. as the host or was it jimmy Fallon? the jimmies one of the jimmies all the jimmies <laughs> but yeah i feel like it's a interesting sort of diversion from like the usual type of host again and i think she generally does it really well i feel like later in the show she was um i feel like i remember there was a couple like slip-ups but honestly like it was like a three like three plus hour program i can't blame her with the yeah. occasional sort of just like fading out mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but yeah i think she um she isn't an offensive of a host she can sometimes be a bit too um passive because like as sometimes annoying as like those like yuck yuck i keep mm-hmm. using it but that type <laughs> of host can be they do sometimes bring a lot more energy to the um to the award shows than the style of that alicia keys does but mm-hmm. i think it's a nice sort of change of pace yeah, it really carries through 
like throughout the entire ceremony. And the way she started with the piano, it was very calming, but it was also very like, okay, I'm excited for tonight because she had like those like shady little responses to like the academy with the situation, and then also to like various artists and what they did during the year. So it was kind of like like a subtle like haha kind of thing, but it was still respectful, and I really liked that. It was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> throughout the ceremony, there were. A lot unfolded, a lot of awards were given, a lot of performances were performed. Mm-hmm. And I'd say some like big things definitely happened, but I think the biggest of them was Billie Eilish. She, um, overall, she won five awards, and her brother, who had a lot to do with um, her May, her debut album, When We All Fell Asleep, Where Did We Go? Mm-hmm. He also won, I believe, five Grammys, five or six. Um, but they won, Billie won uh, Album of the Year. Song of the Year, Record of the Year, and Best New Artist. Now, this is the first time that this has happened since 1981 with Christopher Cross. And I think he's the only one to do it, including Billy. So I think it is a two-person club. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this is her debut album, she's 18, she's the first female to do it. Uh, this is like... <laughs> it's big. It's a record-breaking um, performance from Billy in this um, Grammys. Yeah. And I think it's definitely the thing that had uh, dominated a lot of the conversation, for better or for worse. Because <laughs> while it is definitely quite the accomplishment for someone like Eilish um, to get this much accolades in one night, it definitely rustled a few jimmies, especially with people who she won over. I saw especially a lot of discourse about Lana Del Rey with her album Norman freaking Rockwell. I want to say that when I was watching, I found it funny when they were announcing the nominees, they had to say Norman freaking Rockwell. That's not the actual name of the album or song. And as much as we like to be like, haha, silly Grammys, we we also have to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people um, were quite miffed at the fact that Lana, whose style, whose music has a lot of influence in Billy's own work, has yet to win a Grammy, and she lost over Billy, who just like is starting to see a lot of notoriety with like her debut album. Yeah. Well, personally, like I. I haven't listened to the full extent of Lana's album, but I have I've like heard a couple of songs, and I can like tell that her style has kind of influenced Eilish uh, Eilish's um, type of music. But personally, I really like how Billy was able to take home these awards because just the fact that she did this in her home with her brother, um, it it just provides a lot of hope to younger generations, like oh my gosh, she didn't have to be in this big recording studio. She didn't have to spend like tons of money to be in that big recording studio to make this album that won this many awards. Maybe I can do the same thing. And it's just really nice to see that. It's kind of really, it's actually really refreshing. And for her to be recognized for all the hard work that she did with her brother was really nice. But I can understand why people were miffed with the fact that Lana just, she didn't get the recognition because she didn't even perform at the Grammys. Yeah, which I found to be odd because I'm pretty sure like every other like artist who was nominated in a lot of major um, categories would get able to perform Lizzo, Lil Nas X, Billy, they were all able to perform. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really would have loved to see Lana perform too. Yeah, I feel like it'd be a good sort of wrap to a redemption arc because I feel like Lana at the beginning of her career, especially with things like her SNL performance, which was infamously critiqued and criticized i think her being able to perform on one of the largest stages in music um with this sort of redemption arc we've seen with norman rockwell i think it would have been really great to see and i was sort of bummed not to be able to see her perform yeah and like yeah we had um different i guess types of genres of music performed that night or like different styles because we had like rosalia which was really cool i like to see like that diversity in there it would have been nice to see her perform because yeah um, we had ariana with her like you know big pop number we had little Nas with his number and we had like billy but i feel like lana would have put even even like bigger twist into the style that we saw that night and it would have been really nice to see her because i feel like I'm not exactly sure, but I feel like she was the only one up for that award that didn't perform. And it was kind of like a slap to the face. So I can understand why a lot of fans were really upset about that. I'm not exactly sure, though, but I felt like she was. Besides, um, was it Vampire Weekend that was up for it, too? 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, like, recently, ever since, like, a couple years ago, where, like, they started, like, really upping the amount of nominees for mm-hmm. awards. It's become harder and harder to remember all of the people that got nominated. But, yeah, um, two artists who were nominated for Album of the Year did not perform. It was Bon Iver and Vampire Weekend. Oh, yeah. I don't even think Bon Iver or the main guy of Vampire Weekend, Ezra Miller, were even there. Because I remember um, when they show each artist, like, um, their reaction just before the award was nominated for Boney Vera, at least there was just like it was just a picture of him. There, I don't mm-hmm. think he was at the ceremony, which I guess meant he couldn't perform there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I did appreciate how humble Billy was, though, because she recognized that Ariana, um, basically, like, yeah, got snubbed. I yeah, guess she was like, oh my gosh, I want Ariana when she had her own Adele Beyonce sort of moment. Yeah, she was like, I really don't think I deserve this. And it was really interesting because I saw on Twitter where you could see Billy mouthing, please don't be me, please don't be me. And then oh, she yeah. like yelled no. And it was just really nice to see that because she recognized what was happening. And she realized that she was taking all these awards home and she felt like she needed to share the spotlight. And I really appreciate how she did that. I feel like she handled it pretty well. Yeah, and I think that the one thing that... From just like a creation of an event of the Grammys from that standpoint of like flow, her winning big record, big award after big award, it sort of made the end of the whole award show feel very just like rushed because like she won album of the year and then like right after like literally like when they were pre- presenting I believe it was record of the year, she was like backstage and then she had to zoom right back up on there. I felt like. Her winning, 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 while it's definitely good for her, from a pacing standpoint of the award show, it definitely felt very odd and anticlimactic just as you see someone just, like, win, like, three awards in a row, just, like, back to back to back. Mm -hmm. So I just think from, like, a narrative, I guess, or just, like, a pacing sort of standpoint of the award show, it did seem a bit odd. I personally would have... Alan Lee would be the very last category. I feel like spreading out... um, the big four awards could, I think it's this thing that maybe the Grammys could do in the future. I think that like, um, give more sort of like major awards. It's like, oh, f- one in the first quarter of the event, second quarter. So we're peppering just like these big awards mm. instead of just like having some of the smaller ones, but still like significant ones, just like all crowd up in like the majority of the event and then like just like the last like half hour just like shoving in all the biggest awards yeah i definitely feel that way too because it would build more emphasis and i guess spotlight on the people who win those awards and yeah for this one it um like it it had like fast pacing but i feel like um since billy did win all those awards it would be like oh yeah here's billy again winning another award you know but since it was all and like clustered in one time it was like oh okay yeah it's okay yeah (laughs) but i definitely see like in the future where they might need to do that because it would provide more spotlight on those who win those awards and it's not so rushed yeah Yeah. but eilish is also i feel like another element of another big narrative that could be grabbed from the grammys it's that a lot of new artists really did do the best throughout the entire work show i feel like Eilish, Lizzo, and Lil Nas X, all three of them who were nominated in the Best New Artist category, like, I feel like we're the talk this on, they had the bed, like, some of the biggest, most talked about performances. They all won multiple awards. Like, Lizzo, she didn't go home with nothing. She got three awards in total, including Best Pop Solo Performance for her performance in Truth Hurts, which I think was definitely deserved. She is an insane performer, mm-hmm. and it definitely shows, especially in Truth Hurts. And then Lil Nas X won two, won four, I believe it was Best Music Video, which I personally think should have gone to FKA Twigs with Cellophane, but... I won't be mad at Lil Nas X getting a Grammy. And he also got one for um, Best Pop Duo Group Performance with Old Town Road with um, Billy Ray Cyrus. But yeah, those three really were the talk of the town with the award show. Like, from a fashion standpoint, like, everyone, I saw everyone was talking about Lil Nas's sort mm-hmm. of get-up. And it was an amazing get-up. I loved it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I saw... Um... On the Daily Mail yesterday, that they rated him like worst dress, and I was like, "What in the world?" I loved oh his God. outfit. It was just so 
out there and something that you've like never seen before but it was so him it was so his aesthetic that I loved it and he just stood out I feel like he just um compared to everybody else there the bright color just made him stand out even more yeah yeah I feel like if we can just like do a quick like thoughts on like the big fashion moments Billy Porter um Lil Nas X Billie Eilish and Ariana and Lizzo, they all killed it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like some of them just like separate ways. Like Billy Porter, he's always one to watch for these sort of things with like fashion. And <laughs> <laughs> I kept seeing gifts of his. Um, so he had this like cowboy-esque hat that had fringe all around it. And I think I had like some mechanic in it so that the fringe could automatically like open and close like a like curtains yeah and i saw people just like posting gifts of just like it slowly closing and opening is just like reaction and i thought just like this will be seen for years to come yes i love his fashion ever since um i think it was last year at the oscars he wore the dress oh yeah the suit dress yeah he just broke like so many like social norms i feel like and i just appreciate how much the media loved it because of that, I feel like he just got the recognition that he needed for it. It just pointed out how he doesn't care about any of the fashion norms. He's breaking all of them, especially at the Met Gala when he wore the golden wings. Uh, yes, yeah, like the Egyptian look to it. He's just a fashion I- icon, I feel like. And I like how he's getting um, the recognition he deserves. <laughs> that is true. And yeah, I those five people. Ariana, like her dress was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Lizzo gave off like classic beauty, which I feel like she does a lot. But I think this is some of the best, like some of the best she's ever looked like that. White dress was gorgeous. Yes. And then again, Nas X looked amazing. And shout out to Tyler, the creator. He had that pink um, bellhop sort of outfit that reminded me yeah. of Budapest Hotel. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Tyler was definitely very fun. But anyway, I, we got a bit off track. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, Lizzo, Eilish, Lil Nas X, new artists. They dominated a lot of the talk of the Grammys. And I think that's a good sign that as we enter the 2020s, we got a new crop of artists sort of defining... Um, the music scene, the popular music. And I think that's really good to see new fresh faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it because um, we've seen, ta- like, love Taylor Swift's music, you know, but we've seen her for a long time now. And we've seen, like, Adele for a long time and Lady Gaga. I love Lady Gaga. But, like, we've seen all these people for a long time now. And it's really nice to get this new wave of younger people coming in with this different type of music and just... Um, influencing in various different ways from fashion to um, music and also like to mental health. They really yeah. point out mental health. Especially I know. Billie Eilish with yeah. her album is always like her album is especially concerns her mental health, just like drug addiction, suicidal thoughts. And even Lizzo, she isn't, doesn't approach it from such a dark place, but she is very much body positive. She's mm-hmm. like outspoken about that type of thing. And uh, Lil Nas X, him coming out in one of the... It was great to see him come out, and I feel like he has been a great representation of mm-hmm. um, the LGBTQ community with what he's done. Um, but yeah, I think all three of them have done a great job of being a good representation of the future of pop music. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and another person who got a lot of talk was Tyler, the creator, who... Unfortunately, um, he didn't really get nominated for too many things, but he did win Best Rap Album with the album Igor. And uh, so, yeah, it was definitely great, especially when he came up on stage with his mom, who was so supportive. Was It was the most adorable, heartwarming thing ever to see yes. his mom just, like, crying and so proud of her son. <laughs> it was so sweet. And then he had his friend, who I believe he was also part of um, the rap troupe he was part of for quite a while, Odd Future. He had a Nintendo Switch with him on stage, uh, <laughs> and he responded on Facebook. Someone was like, yo, what were you playing? He was like, I was playing Pokemon. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I thought that was, that was very great. But yeah, after the uh, he got his performance, he did an interview where he said um, that he felt like his win for best rap album with that album specifically felt like a back like a backhanded compliment because the album Igor, like it definitely still has elements of hip hop to it, but it's much more like a soul record, like a pop R&B record. So really, it's like the least hip hop um, album he's ever made. And he definitely, he actually had a lot to say about like things like the term urban and his album being a rap label. He, this, 
have a big quote here, but I'm just going to try and shorten a little bit. Um, he said, it sucks that whenever we, in quotes, and he says, and I mean guys that look like me, do anything that's genre bending or that's anything, they always put it in a rapper urban category, which is, and I don't like that urban word. It, it's just a politically correct way to say the N-word to me. So when I hear that, I'm just like, why can't we just be in pop? You know what I mean? Half of me feels like the rap nomination was a backhanded compliment, like, oh, my little cousin wants to play the game. Let's give him the unplugged controller so he could shut up and feel good about it. That was a very fun sort of (laughs) metaphor. That's what it felt like a bit. Uh, But another half of me is very grateful that the art that I made could be acknowledged on a level like this. And I have seen some more um, artists, hip-hop artists, black artists, sort of bring up this issue of, like, black artists always being segregated to, like, the urban categories, the rap categories. And I definitely am really glad to see Tyler sort of bring this up because I wouldn't call Igor a rap album personally because, like, well, again, there's many elements of rap in there. It's very much from the soul of the album. It is like a soul record. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, what do you think? Do you think that um, through, like, things like the urban category and just, like, the general spreading out of artists do you think it sort of shows like a bit of segregation of black artists from like more major um categories uh i do feel like he has a point there because i have noticed that um there are a lot of art like artists that don't really necessarily have rap elements it's just like here and there in their album and they're just automatically put into that category with everybody else and um they're not really into other categories where it's like ugh, like r&b i guess you know i i really don't have a full opinion on this because like i understand where he's going from but i i guess i haven't really like focused too much on it but i do understand what he's saying here it's hard to explain you know yeah i just i just personally think that having the category urban like nobody calls music like oh did you listen to a new urban music album nobody calls albums urban so why exactly that's like what a major category in the biggest award music award ceremony on the planet it's a bit odd i i personally think it could be like at least have the name changed to something else or at least scrap it all together and i feel like this issue um is much more prevalent because i feel like of recent time i feel like the segregation of like genres i feel like so many more artists are like trying to cover so many more bases trying to be so much more fluid within the genres they perform in i feel like sometimes defining albums it's just like oh this is just like a pop album this is an r&b album this is a hip-hop album like lizzo i feel like a lot of her songs on her album because i love you some are just like straight pop some are like hip-hop some are pop some are r&b some are just like there's just so much diversity in a in so many artists coming out nowadays that i feel like sometimes just constricting them to just like oh this is a pop album um i feel like trying to give things to on one hand it's definitely hard to it'd be hard to redesign the grammys to be like mm-hmm whatever all genres are gone because then you'll just have like best out like album of the year that's it and then just like a few other ones like song record of the year so i understand there needs to be categories to make the grammys the grammys Mm -hmm. but i definitely think that such strict separation can sometimes be a bit limiting and a bit um disingenuous to some artists who like tyler don't feel like their album is like a rap album when it's in the rap album category. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's one of the last sort of like major narratives we could talk about. So how about um, quickly we can just go over some like notable wins and notable categories and we could just sort of like give our quick thoughts on the winners, the nomination, nominations, who we think should have won, etc. <laughs> so we're going to quickly go through some of them. Like record of the year. So Billie Eilish won that with Bad Guy. And the other nominees were Hey Ma by Boney Vare, Seven Rings, Ariana Grande, Hard Place by Her, Talk by Khalid, Old Town Road, Lil Nas X featuring Billy Cyrus, Truth Hurts by Lizzo, and Sunflower featuring Post Malone and Sway Lee. Do you think Billy should have won that? Who, do you, who did you think was the best of that group? It was definitely between Ariana and Billy, But I have stuck with Billy. From the beginning, so I'm gonna say it. I would have. I was very pleased with Billy winning. So, but it was definitely between those two. Yeah, and I think I feel like a lot of people 
the separation between song of the year and record of the year is oftentimes very confused. Mm. So just in case you didn't know, record of the year, I think it's more focused on the general all-encompassing of the record recording of the song, the production, the singing. I think also like the songwriter can be included in that, just like it as like a whole song record production. So, which is different from song of the year, which we can get to a bit later, which is I'm pretty sure just based solely on just like the songwriting aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So, record of the year I feel like is more encompassing of the song as a holistic piece rather than just like the songwriting. And from that perspective, I think Bad Guy is one of the best ones because I feel like while well, some people sort of see it as sort of like a rather simple song i feel like there's a lot of elements to it that make it quite the interesting thing from a songwriting experience and just like as like a whole piece when it comes to record of the year i think it is i think it might be have to be one of the best that and sunflower i think are some of the best like just like overall produce just like holistic pieces as a song mm-hmm. and album of the year we have billy eilish um bon Iver with i i lana del rey with norman freaking Rockwell, <laughs> Ariana with Thank You Next, Her with I Used to Know Her, Lil Nas X7, which is actually an EP, so it's a bit weird that that's in the album of the year, but mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then Lizzo, Because I Love You Deluxe, and Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride. Now, I... Lana Del Rey's album was my album of the year, so I personally think I that's my favorite album of all these, but I am not mad with Billy winning it. That is That was, like, in my top five records, too, so, like, it's not an absolute tragedy that Billy won for me. Yeah, I, like I said, I've only heard, like, parts of Lana's album, so I can't really attest to supporting her fully, but I have listened to Billy's entire album, and I do like what she talks about, like, about mental health and stuff, so, like, the songwriting aspect, I really enjoy, but also just, like, the production. There's just so many, like, different things that we haven't heard before, I feel like. Like, there's a lot of acapella moments in it, but there's also a lot of, um, uh, just, like, general, like, musicality was overall just very wonderful so i i was definitely pleased with billy's win there yeah um okay so song of the year billy again won it (laughs) she won (laughs) like the big four categories um also in the category always remember us this way lady gaga from the stars born soundtrack bring my flowers now by brandy carlisle hard place by her lover by taylor swift norman Freaking Rockwell by Lana Del Rey, <laughs> the title track from that album. Someone You Loved by Louis Capaldi and Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Now, I I really like Norman Rockwell is my favorite song of all those. Um, I think Lover's also, like, I think that's one of my favorite songs from Taylor's newest album. And that Stars Born song is definitely really good. I don't know if it's up with Shallow and I'll Never Love Again, but definitely still a highlight from that soundtrack. Um, but Bad Guy isn't a bad winner. I think it's definitely a really good song. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd consider it the best from a songwriting perspective. I think that would probably go to Lana or Taylor from if we're talking about pure songwriting. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. All right. Um, best New Artist, Billie Eilish, Black Pumas, Lil Nas X, Lizzo, Maggie Rogers, Rosalia, Tank and the Bangas, and Yola. This was a strong year for Best New Artist. Yes. Like, the three of Lizzo, Nas, and Billy, And then, like, Rosalia, also an amazing artist. Her album um, that just came out, actually, I think it also won the Grammy for Best Latin Alternative slash rock slash... There's a lot of slashes in that one, <laughs> but, like, I feel they try to use that as just, like, Best Latin Album, which seems a bit too general, but okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) she won that so good for her for getting that grammy i believe she won one or two grammys this um or it's show season um but yeah i think that billy eilish is a good winner and i think it definitely was predicted she won the other three big categories so Mm -hmm. it sort of seemed inevitable that she'd win that one as well yeah i thought it was definitely between um lizzo and billy eilish because they just came in strong this past year and they just held it all the way through and so i feel like they were definitely like neck to neck in this category so i was i wasn't really like surprised but i i was definitely surprised with the outcome on it so yeah um so best pop solo performance there was truth hurts by lizzo spirit by beyonce bad guy billy eilish seven rings ariana grande and you need to calm down by taylor swift i fullheartedly agree that lizzo should have won this this one and mm-hmm. she did um I think Bad Guy, it's underrated for, like, the performance. I feel like oftentimes people 
um, just label her singing and vocal performances just like always whispery, but I feel like there's a lot of nuance to it. I feel like there's a lot of um, interesting aspects to her vocal style and she doesn't whisper in every single song like there are songs that generally have more of like a conventional sort of singing like uh sort of hop ahead a little bit more her performance of when the party's over at the grammys she was like generally like belting at some points which um in a more conventional way and like it was a really good performance and definitely not just like whispering (laughs) yeah yeah but i'd still have to give the best pop solo performance to lizzo she is of insane performer yeah when she performs so much energy she goes after it like she knows exactly what she wants i feel like and she just follows through and even like if something doesn't go as planned she just doesn't let it bother her she just takes it and she runs with it yeah she comes at everything with 10 out of 10 energy like at 110 percent. and i gotta love that for her. that's one of the best things about her as an artist mm-hmm um, so best pop duo slash group performance, Lil Nas X, um, with Billy Ray Cyrus, Old Town Road, Boyfriend by Ariana Grande and Social House, Sucker by the Jonas Brothers, Sunflower, Post Malone and Sway Lee, Senorita by Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello. I, this one was kind pretty easy. I think Sunflower is also a really great song. It was between Sunflower and Old Town Road for me, but I'm, I'm glad that Lil Nas X got his Grammy. Yeah, I know. I feel like it was a long time waiting. And I really have done much, like not much to say about this category because I felt like um, going into the Grammys, I had a strong feeling he was going to win the category, and I was really happy that he did. So yeah, yeah. when your song is like has the record for most number of weeks at number one in a row, I feel like you're bound to get at least one Grammy. Yeah, and I'm glad he got that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so best pop of vocal album with Billy um beyonce with the lion king um not really soundtrack but like companion album then ariana with thank you next ed sheeran with number six collaborations project and taylor with lover uh yeah i i wanted billy to win and she won so yeah and also this one was so great because she also broke another record with this album itself she she's actually the youngest artist to win this um this award because Taylor Swift was only 20 with her album in, with Fearless in 2010. So Whoa. that's another one I feel like not a lot of people have covered because she won all those other awards. But um, I do know that that's another record that she's broken. So yeah, she's definitely probably breaking a lot of records when it comes yeah. to like age. Because like I believe she just turned 18 like a month ago. Yeah, because when nominations came out, she was only 17. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. I'm 19. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> but yeah, Billy, I think she deserved it. It's a killer album. Um, shout out to Ariana. I think Thank You Next is really great. I think it's her best album yet. Her most like conceptual album yet. Um, the Beyonce album was not too bad. It has some like quality ones, sort of similar to Taylor. And the less we talk about that Ed Sheeran record, the better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that one... Uh, how about we talk about best rap album, which sort of didn't go to a rap album, but like we already talked about that. Yeah. Best rap album there was for nominations. Hang on. Let's go down. Best rap album. So Igor, Tyler the Creator, Revenge of the Dreamers 3, Dreamville, Championships by Meek Mill, um, I Am Better Than I Was by 21 Savage, and The Lost Boy by YB and Corday. Now, I'll per- I personally believe that this is kind of one of the weaker sort of collections of best rap albums in a while. It may just be because rap is like the zeitgeist now. So there's just like so many amazing rap projects coming out right now Mm -hmm. that this, even though there's like definitely some solid records on here, like Igor, which again, isn't really a rap album, but (laughs) we'll we'll forgive that. Um, 21 Savage, he put out his best album. YBN Corday, he did really well he's a great up-and-comer but overall there really weren't too many stunners in this category other than igor yeah so yeah it's good that he won (laughs) (laughs) um i think uh just a couple more categories we can talk about um how about best uh alternative um music album i think that's the name yeah best alternative music album which it's a weird name for a category like i think it's sort of assumed that's going to be a music album um, but anyways, um, best alternative music album, Vampire Weekend, got away with that one with Father of the Bride. There was also UFOF by Big Thief, James Blake with the album Assume Form, I.I. by Bon Iver, and then Tom York with his album 
anima um i personally of all those i enjoyed assume form by james blake the most but father bride definitely had some really great songs harmony hall which actually i think that won um a grammy itself as a song so shout out to that though i could be wrong we will get back to you on that but yeah vampire weekend also won for best alternative music album which is their second win in this category they won back in 2013 with their last album uh modern vampires in the city which vampire weekend are like slow like quietly one of the most acclaimed alternative indie acts of the decade like like i think like three of their albums straight have gotten number one in the billboard 200 without them having a hot 100 hit like no songs on the hot 100 which is a fun sort of fun fact if y'all didn't know that but yeah vampire weekend i feel like they quietly became one of the biggest alternative groups of the i guess the past decade technically but mm-hmm. in recent time but yeah i personally think assume form was the best of those but father of the bride not a bad choice now how many of these have you listened to uh in that um category yeah the whole alternative music album i actually haven't listened to any of them oh dang i know i i usually stick to like um rap genre or like the pop genre like going between those two so i actually haven't really listened to any of those albums so i'm gonna have to give it um give them a try <laughs> yeah <laughs> just give all of them a good job you made it sort yes of <laughs> but yeah um so are there any just like specific genre like categories you wanted to talk about that you felt were interesting i actually really um enjoyed seeing who won best rap song because i know that there was a lot that went into a lot by 21 savage um featuring j cole um it he really referenced his backstory a lot and it was very humble in a way but yet raw yeah because he has had a very um rough like life with his family and just like growing up and he just really just let it all out there with this song and his music video. It was a very tough music video to watch. Um, very eye-opening with his um, brother and his sister, what they've gone through. Um, like with death and um, just like poverty itself. And um, I just think it really deserved that win. And then um, having J. Cole feature in it, it was just a very balanced piece of work. It was really good. Yeah, it's is a really good song and i feel like it's a surprisingly somber sort of song from tone savage because i've always like i've known him for his sort of low-key sort of vocal performance but also not really going too conscious with stuff but i think Mm -hmm. this song sort of converted me to very much more of a 21 savage song like i've enjoyed some of his like hits like (laughs) bank account is sort of a fun if not a little silly of a song but this song like, the production is amazing. Yeah. Like, it is gorgeous production. That sample is amazing. And I think he used his, like, subdued sort of delivery he uses in a lot of his music to a wonderful advantage with this song. It really works well with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just an overall really good win for him. Yeah. It was very balanced. And um, it was just something very different that from what we've seen in the rap industry itself. I mean, yeah, we've had very somber... Um, songs where we've talked about you know big just like big topics like poverty and um like like, systemic racism and stuff like that yeah and that stuff but this was just something else it was very personal and i don't think we've really seen much of this from 21 himself so it was really nice i really liked it but yeah yeah um how about one of the last things we're going to talk about with the Grammys is uh, the performances, because you can't just have a three-hour <laughs> program with just giving out awards, though that definitely would give a lot more awards out on screen. There has to be performances to get in the crowds. So what were some of your favorite performances of the night? Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, so I definitely loved Rosalia's performance. It was something very different, I feel like, that came to the Grammys. Um just the way she started it was very slow and then it was like boom here's my dance number i hope you enjoy but it wasn't like the usual dance number it just really played her culture into it and she was like here i am i hope you love it and we loved it (laughs) yeah i loved hers too she is an amazing live singer like that first half with her song ah it's it's one of her more recent tracks like i believe she just released earlier this month but like she sounded amazing and then with the second half with malamente which is an it is a bop 
It yeah. is a banger. Yes. Um, but yeah, with that and her choreography and like her back background dancers were so killer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like we we've talked about diversity with the Grammys and also just other award shows where they're just not doing a very good job of it, but her performing really I feel like brought the diversity in that we kind of needed. I mean, we could do we can have a little we can have more of it yeah, <laughs> in these awards, but it just it was really nice to see. It was really refreshing. Something yeah. different, yeah. Uh so I personally I'm just going to go down some of my favorites. So again, Rosalia, she killed it. Uh, Lil Nas X, his was super fun. Not only did yeah. he, I feel like he had the best, like, um, at least some of the best sort of, like, presence with, like, the organization, the choreography of everything. The setup of the stage where um, it was, like, a rotating sort of through rooms. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I remember that sort of technique, especially from High School Musical 3. Yeah. Where um, <laughs> Ryan and Charpay are going through, like, the spinning sort of rooms from room to room to room to just like different scenes he did something similar to that where he featured mason ramsey bts who i i personally think even though i'm not the biggest fan i definitely do respect them as sort of like another example of diversity in like the current Mm -hmm. music scene um i think they definitely deserve at least a bit more time than just like one minute in someone else's set like well, I guess they really didn't get nominated for anything at the Grammys, which I think is is a bit of an oversight. Yeah, I think I think yeah. they could have been like in the group performance like category mm-hmm. alongside Lil Nas X. I don't know if they would be in Lil Nas, but I think he just they to be definitely recognized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because there was a lot of controversy. I know, like afterwards, where they were like, "Okay, we we like how Lil Nas X like featured them in his performance, but like we could have done with a more recognition." of bts but yeah yeah so there are like a lot of people really appreciate Lil nas x kind of like shedding some light some spotlight on them but i do think they could be recognized a little bit more because they did overtake the music industry this year like um i don't think we really expected it and it was like really refreshing to see so yeah and then um going back to Lil nas's performance again it was super fun they had mm-hmm. bts mason ramsey the little yodeling kid who was featured yeah. on one of the remixes um billy ray of course and then he came through with his song rodeo with a a new remix with the original Nas. Yes. <laughs> that was super fun. <laughs> and, like, he just had, like, the best costuming, or, like, some of the best costuming and set design. Um, Lizzo, she kicked it off really well, because mm-hmm. I love you, that um, version of it. She killed it vocally, which, I mean, she always does, but... And I thought the sort of orchestra sort of remix of Truth Hurts was super well executed. It was very, it was a new way to bring it because, like, she has performed the song so many times at different award shows and mm-hmm. different, like, TV performances. So, like, I think it was a good sort of twist to add on to it so it isn't the exact same as, like, all the other times. Yeah, it was something that we weren't expecting. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, she killed it. Billy, hers, Um. she did, like, I feel like a lot of artists tried to, like, pull out the ballad at the Grammys. So, like, oh, I'm a serious artist. I sing about sets stuff but she killed it um it was just her and her brother for the most part aside mm-hmm. from some background singers it was super intimate super somber and just like a really good vocal performance it's from beautiful. billy yes yeah. it's beautiful um another fun one was tyler the creator i think his had the most unique creative set design of them all yeah. <laughs> he had his infamous igor wig the sort of like the blonde mushroom top wig yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then with his clones who had the same. <laughs> oh yeah, they were yeah. just like walking through the state, like through the crowd. Mm-hmm. That was so fun. Um, but yeah, he killed it, and I feel like he was the most experimental with like the vocals. Like he had like this distorted yelling through like um, his performance of his song "New Magic Wand." That like mm-hmm. it reminded me of Kanye when he performed "Black Skinhead" on SNL, where it was just like super abrasive, super just like confrontational in like the best kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, I um I really liked his performance because, like you said, it was different and it wasn't like, oh, I'm a serious. It was serious, but it wasn't sad serious. Yeah, it was yeah. absurd. And yes. Absurd yet serious. <laughs> and also, it just caught your attention because, like, um, there was a part in his, in, like, his performance where he was just kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. He was like, like, who, ha, like, something like oh, that. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, and, like, it just, like, caught my attention because I wasn't really expecting it. Usually you just expect, like, a... A whole straight through song like kind of like ballad type thing but it put a twist on it and i wasn't expecting it and it just caught my attention yeah also i, really like that. I feel like it also reminded me of um when kendrick lamar performed his big performance when uh, to pimp a butterfly was coming out with like the whole jail sort of like 
background the setting like with it he tried to tell a story with like multiple songs but also like with like the set design it very much reminded me of that which is definitely mm-hmm. a good person to emulate to pimp a butterfly eric hendrick which yeah yeah <laughs> should have won album of the year though <laughs> sorry taylor um so yeah those were my favorites but it's sorry to get negative but when aerosmith and run dmc decided to perform walk this way that it was awful <laughs> it sounded incoherent like for a second i was as i, as I was playing on the tv i was thinking like wait am i not paying attention because this isn't musically coherent to me right now so like then i started focusing I'm just like no it just sounds this bad and this disjointed like these two these two groups have like doing this song coming together for decades mm. and somehow they just came through probably like one of the worst interpretations of it ever it was it was bad it was embarrassing yeah see like i was raised on aerosmith so i was like yes aerosmith you know and then i watched the performance and i was like mm. uh, aerosmith oh okay well i was hoping for something better but <laughs> and i'm just curious what do you, i don't know if you know but why did they why were they performing like did either of them do anything big this big recently i don't think so i think it was just to bring back an artist because they usually like to bring back older artists to the grammys to be like oh yeah they were big back then here they are now here's how they're doing now but yeah it was just kind of strange yeah like you did that last year with the dolly parton um yeah. sort of tribute which she killed it dolly parton yeah. is amazing she's a national treasure and See, speaking of previous artists i think one of the not the worst ones but one of the disappointing ones was the prince tribute yeah when fka twigs she came out with doing her pole dancing, which like she's amazing. She's an amazing dancer. With her performance with Usher, I was so excited to hear her perform because I feel like her unique voice could do so, do some amazing things with a Prince song. But she never sang, and like this has been talked about on social media about like whether did she not want to sing? Did was she told she didn't have to? Did I don't know. People, there have been multiple stories, though. I think FKA Twig said on Twitter herself that she wasn't asked to sing and she was like, cool with that. But yeah, I still would have loved to that. see her at least sing. Yeah, because she she didn't make um, a presence this year in the music industry and oh, yeah. people loved her. So it was very surprising to see her not sing. I mean, like, yeah, we loved seeing her dance because she is a really good dancer, like you said. But it, it was strange. And I think it was, in a way, kind of disrespectful that she wasn't asked to sing. That she was just be like, hey, can you be here? <laughs> yeah, and when, like, the rest of the performance was just Usher singing and, like, Sheila E., who had a long sort of history with working with Prince, is just, like, playing in the background, I believe, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Just having Usher just, like, sing all of it, it feels like a very underwhelming one, though I'm not quite sure why they decided, like... Well, it's definitely appreciated. A Prince tribute is never something to scoff at. Yes. I'm not quite sure why they decided to make a new one, like, two or three years after his passing. Yeah, you would think it would be, like, closer to when he passed, because then it's just kind of like... So I'm pretty sure they did, like, do a Prince tribute, like, the Grammys after his passing. So I don't know why they decided to do another one, just, like, a couple years later, but I don't know. (laughs) Was it as big... Well, this one wasn't really as big any like this yeah this one was, wasn't really big at all it only it involved like, like three big artists yeah it was kind of like here's the prince tribute okay moving on it was i don't know um yeah. so since we we're reaching about one hour now how about <laughs> we um wrap up with some overall thoughts what did you think of this grammys um i i thought it was pretty long it yeah. was kind of slow other than like some really good like good performances that kind of like helped speed it up it was pretty long um, but I was pretty pleased with it because I do think that Billy deserved many of the awards that she got along with her brother because it did, like I said, provide a hope for younger generations. So, yeah, I think it was overall good, very somber, but it was very respectful. So Yeah, I think one word could definitely be somber, especially with all the context coming around it, but mm-hmm. I think it was okay. I think a lot of the people who won definitely were not bad choices to win i've definitely seen worse grammys when it came to just like some like the worst choices winning it and it's just like really like as much as i loved that bruno mars album a couple years ago it that was one of the best like album of the year sort of camps of just like nominees and to see that one win was sort of odd (laughs) yeah but yeah um so far like people won it was 
I generally agreed with a lot of them. But I just feel like there weren't too many show-stopping performances. Um, and overall, it just felt very underwhelming. Um, yeah, it just felt very underwhelming, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's no other word. Yeah, I guess well, like <laughs> when it isn't really too many sparks are flying throughout of it. Because, like, especially, like, as the show began to trudge on, like, a lot of the best performances already happened. So then there was just, like, that weird music education one that came right before Album of the Year. Yeah. What did you... I I thought that was just, like, unnecessary. Yeah, it was very unnecessary, very strange. It was very... It was positioned weird. Yeah, like, it was, like, the last performance. Like, here's the showstopper. Something of no, like, super huge artists. Like, there were some, like, big artists involved in it, but, like, no, like... It was a very weird note to leave off on. Yeah, it was a very. It seemed like a very throwaway performance. <laughs> like, yeah, this is an important sh- subject, but moving on. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, not the worst Grammys. Definitely not one of the best Grammys. Uh, so yeah, I guess that is an equally <laughs> sort of underwhelming note to leave off on. But that was the Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Remix. This has been your host, Jack Gillespie, with my wonderful guest. Kellen Harrison. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. You can check out more work from us at Byte, whether it be podcasts, features, reviews, videos. We got a whole bunch of stuff at ByteBSU.com. And also make sure to give us a follow on social media like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ByteBSU, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel also, ByteBSU. Um, Remix is a part of Byte, which is led by Editor-in-Chief Jeremy Rogers, Senior Podcast Editor Eli Sokland, and our Associate Editor, Kellen Harrison, Mm -hmm. who is also, (laughs) a little behind the scenes, also going to be editing this episode. Ooh. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we are also all a part of the Ball State University student media. So yeah, have a great day, everybody, and make sure to keep your eye out for future episodes throughout the year. Um... But for right now, we're signing off. See you, everybody.